Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that gets deep into the psyche of those who have achieved the extraordinary, from sports people to business people to social change innovators, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success. Brought to you by Running Hot Coaching, the platform that helps you achieve all your health and fitness goals. Hi everybody, it's Lisa Tamati here at Pushing the Limits and welcome to the show once again. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're returning, thanks for coming back and checking in with us. Now today I've got a very, very special friend of mine who I've been trying to get on the show forever and she's just so busy and I'm so busy and we haven't managed to connect, but I've got her on today. Now this woman is an ultramarathon runner, surprise, surprise. Um, but she's just absolutely adorable. I love it a bit. Molly Sheridan all the way from Reno in the USA. Now, Molly is a ultramarathon runner who has started her career at the age of 48. Yep, you heard that right. Started at 48, not ending at 48. Uh, and went on in the last, what is it now, 11, 12 years, I think, that Molly's been um, an ultramarathon runner doing 50-odd, 60-odd ultramarathons around the world. She'll keep me up to date. I can't really keep up with what she's been up to. We've raced together in Death Valley and in the Himalayas together, and she's been over to New Zealand to my race. Welcome to the show, Molly Sheridan. Thank you, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited. Yeah. So where are you sitting right now, Molly? Tell the people a little bit about it. I am perched out on my porch in Reno, Nevada. Actually, actually, it's raining outside, so I'm underneath the porch lip, but it's just looking out at the mountains, actually, the Sierra Nevadas. Oh, my gosh. So you're near Lake Tahoe. Uh, so a lot of ultramarathon runners will know about the Lake Tahoe race that's there. What's it like to be able to live there, and what are the trails like? You know, it's a beautiful place to be, and um, I've been in Nevada for many years, but southern Nevada, so I moved up here um, two and a half years ago because my husband, Dr. Bill Andrews, has um, Sierra Sciences is based in Reno, Nevada, his a biotech company, mm-hmm. so we've been back and forth, Las Vegas to Reno for the last few years, and finally he's been saying, Molly, you know, just let's just make, make the move up here, so I moved my company up here two years ago, right. and so, yeah, because yeah, you so, were in Las Vegas when, when I was over there last, you were, um, you know, Firmly ensconced exactly. in Las Vegas. Uh, that's a big change then to go from the, the lights of Las Vegas to the mountains, the Sierra Mountains. Well, you know what? I had my company, you know, I've had it for nine years. And so to leave Las Vegas where, where it was just super busy, I was really worried about making the switch. And then when I got up here, it was like, oh, my gosh, why did I wait so long? Oh, wow. This place is just like so perfect. There's such a huge... Um, plethora really of runners and active outdoor people so it's a I'm just so happy to be here oh fantastic now Molly runs uh, Desert Sky Adventures for those of you in the know Um, tell us a little bit about Desert Sky Adventures and what you're up to these days well I started the company like I said like nine years ago and the way I started it was kind of funny because um, there was a race a hundred mile race that the race director, he retired and, and didn't want to do it anymore. And he said, here, why don't you do it? <laughs> I kind of got this race in my lap. And um, at the time, I was a, an events I was events coordinator in Las Vegas for a, 
um, some philanthropists. So I put on these huge events in Las Vegas and I really transitioned over to this company. I got this race and then I started putting on race events actually after I started running. So I found that it was just a nice, you know, kind of a, just transition. a switch from yeah transition from Vegas and big events to um, race events. And so for the last nine years, I've been putting on running events. Um, and then I have, you know, coaches and train coach coaches on, on our on board and trainers. And so we coach and train people to walk and run for help and, and adventure. So um, been doing that for a lot of years. And really, my passion is just to get people out there moving. I don't care how fast they go. We don't we aren't about, you know, speed or whatever. It's yeah. walk yeah. and run for health and, and making it fun and making it available to everybody we can. Yeah, so you, I mean, because you've let's delve a little bit into to your story and your background because I mean, you weren't always this amazing, incredible ultra marathon runner. Tell us about your early days. You know, starting out training for your very first marathon at the age of forty-eight. What happened there? Because you know, it's a brilliant story. Well, it's pretty hilarious <laughs> because you know, my girlfriend. The story is my girlfriend Kylie Johnson, who was living on the East Coast. She called me up and said, "Hey, Molly, do you want to run a marathon?" Now I'm 48, moving towards 50, and I had never Lisa zero. I'm coming from a zero background. Okay, yeah. no athletics, nothing. I'm busy. My three kids are getting to be grown. I'm working full time, and I said no. How horrible. You know, what, what's that distance? You know, ooh, 26, are you kidding? And she's going laughing, saying, oh, my gosh, it'll be fun. <laughs> now, she put fun in the same sentence as marathon, and I couldn't connect. And I'm just listening to her thinking, oh, my gosh, Kylie's crazy. <laughs> There's no way I'm doing that. And I said, no, no, you're, you're nuts. And when I hung up the phone, it was just really uh, – I just had this epiphany, like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm tired. I haven't worked out forever. I'm lethargic. I went to bed. I I'm punching my pillow, going, oh my god, a marathon. I mean, just, it haunted me seriously all night. It was like one of those moments in your life when you're going, like, what the heck? You know, it was just this turning point. So the next morning, I called her back and said, okay, what's the fun part? <laughs> what is it? And she's going, oh my god we're going to do the rock and roll marathon and uh, the Marine Corps marathon. And we're going to have a girls weekend. And she painted this picture of a party weekend involved in running. Uh, and I'm coming again, zero. Okay. Zero background. So that's the funniest thing about my story is that I said, okay, I'll do it. And then I'm thinking, what? I don't, I didn't know anybody who ran. I had no experience. I went out and bought a really cute outfit and thought, okay, if nothing else, I'll look good. <laughs> and then I had to do my first mile. And as you know, all of us know who have ever gotten a pair of shoes on and gone out and done your very first mile, I was dying. I thought I was going to have a heart attack and die. <laughs> yep. And you know what? I so relate to people, everybody who hasn't done anything for a long time, whether re they're returning to sports or whether they're just starting. I totally get it. It's a tough place to be. So I started that. I didn't know anything. Okay. So my, my story continues just, just really quickly is that I thought it was supposed to be no pain, no gain. I had no coach, no trainer, nothing. I'm running up and down sidewalks, pounding the concrete, literally, you know, Kylie's on the East coast saying, woohoo, we're going to party. And I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. So my ankle hurt five weeks into it. 
I go to a doctor and, you know, say, hey, you know, my ankle hurts. And he takes x-rays and he pops these x-rays up and says, oh, you have a stress fracture. And I go, what? Wait, I can't. I go, I'm training for this marathon. He goes, how old are you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and it was like, it was the weirdest question. No one had ever asked me that. It's like the defining moment in this whole story is right now because the doctor said that. And I said, he, well, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to turn 50. I'm 48, turning 40. And he goes, oh. You're too old to be running. Oh my God. You know, pick a different sport. Look what you did to yourself. <sighs> and so I was so, okay, number one, I was humiliated. Yep. And number two, I'm horrified that he said it. And secondly, at that point, it's like, okay, I had this goal. You know, I have a goal now. And I told him, hey, you can't tell me that. I have this goal. It's important. And now I got to do it because I, I really need this. I, yeah. I, I mapped it out. Yeah, I just made a mistake, but how do I fix that? And he goes, oh, no, look what you did. You're done. You're totally done. Duh. And I left the office. And, you know, honestly, that's another thing that, you know, unfortunately, I had a really, that was a rotten doctor who should have never given that advice to anybody. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes think back and say, oh, I hope, you know, you know that people sometimes listen to doctors. Oh, and, and Unfortunately, most of the time. I know. And, you know, the message there is, hey, that's that's not correct. And not anybody. Not. Yeah. So so I went on Google, <laughs> Google, what do you do if you have a stress fracture? And I found out about pool running mm -hmm. and I got into a pool. And for six weeks, I was so mad at that doctor. I was so mad. That, <laughs> I was mad at myself, too, for really not listening to my body that's the last time i didn't listen because it was telling me hey i hurt my ankle hurts and i just was saying oh you know what just dragging it along i mean it was dumb when i look back but you know what it was one of those hard lessons got in the pool decided that i was really gonna get smart about this and 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 honestly maybe it was you know the anger that propelled me but maybe that was a good thing yeah and um kylie and i did that first marathon and I got out there. It was everything Kylie said. We had a blast. We laughed our asses off for 26 months. It was hard. We were dragging, but we stopped at every band and we danced. Our goal was just to finish. It wasn't a time. It was just to complete. And when I crossed that finish line after the whole thing of, you know, all by myself trying to make it happen, when I crossed that finish line, a light bulb went off in my head and it was like, oh my gosh how far can I go? Mm. It was like this magical voice said, you know, how far can you really go? Cause I just never, ever pictured myself an athlete. Never, you know, none of it. It just, it was like, it was such a grand adventure that first marathon had changed my life. Oh, that, that's so, a fantastic story. And did you go back to that doctor and give him what for? I did. I said, well, actually, I sent him a picture of me crossing the finish line, and I sent him a letter and said, hey, please don't ever tell anybody they're too old to accomplish a goal, especially a running goal. I said, I said here is some, if any, if any old broads come into your office and want to run and they have an injury, give them pool running instructions. And I sent him the pool running instructions, um, and I just tried to help him. I never heard from him again, but that's okay. 
Um, <laughs> you got you your comeuppance though, eh? I did. I, I sent that picture just happy to just like, oh my God. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and it's so true. Like we are told often that we, uh, you know, who are you to think you can do something, you know, or you, you, you can't do that. Or even your, your, your closest family members or friends will tell you you can't do yeah. things. And they aren't always right. And I think that's a message like that I preach a lot. Yes. If you want I mean, something, go for it. Well, the other thing, it only gets worse because then I just signed up for a 50K, you know, <laughs> and I just said, okay, well, I'm just going to do this. And it's so amazing to me. People saying, oh, my gosh, that's too far. Why are you doing that? I, I really stopped telling people what I was doing because – Yep. I couldn't take the negative personally. I just couldn't take it like you're too, you know, you start thinking you're too old, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too pretty, you're not pretty enough. You know, it's like, what? I just was tired of anybody saying, hey, it just was too much for me. So I just did the undercover thing and went out there in this, you know, I tackled the 50K and then same thing. I'm out there doing a 50K and I was like smiling to myself going, okay, I maybe I'm going mad. I don't know. Or maybe I'm a crazy person, but I'm having so much, just the thrill of it and the, and the challenge of it and the adventure of it was, I, I'm, I was just amazed at how much I just loved it. And from the 50K, I just signed up for, for a 50 miler. Seriously. I just went for it. It's like, what the heck? I mean, what's worse that can happen? That's 80 Ks, Kiwis. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> English people. Oh, you Kiwis. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. So eighty k. So that was your third event, straight yeah. into a fifty miler. Yeah, um, and then a hundred miler I did within the first year because I just a thought, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I know. it was. It was crazy. But you know what happened too is I read this article in Newsweek magazine that listed the top ten toughest foot races in the world, and I decided I was just going to start applying for them. I mean, I know that sounds super crazy, but I thought, hey, I'm already labeled crazy. People already think I'm too old. What the heck? I have nothing to lose. <laughs> and I thought, how far can I go? Like, what what could happen? So, like, I think it was that even the first year and a half, I signed up for Badwater, and they said, you know, I got a message back, hey, you don't have any experience, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah you've got to have a, a pretty big list to get into Badwater. Let's so, I did 17 ultras in a year, and then I reapplied. <laughs> In one year. And, and, and uh, by that, the way, we don't recommend doing that, do we, Molly? <laughs> no. No, you don't. No, seriously? No. I mean, honestly, I think the only thing I had going for me is that since I got an injury early that first five weeks, seriously, I told myself I am never going to have an injury again. I just felt so strongly about being responsible for how my body is, for preparing correctly, for really listening. And it just so happened that, you know, I, I don't know, my body did adapt really well. I mean, it wasn't yeah, about speed yeah, for me. But how can you say that when you actually did 17 in a year, within within your first year, that is like, you know, as a, as a coach, as you will know now, we would not advise that. <laughs> No, and I wouldn't advise it to, no, never. I mean, it, it actually, that was maybe the second year. <laughs> <laughs> but that's insane, you know, like, that, I mean, it's great. It's fantastic. I love the story. Um, well, the story, really, it was about experimenting. Yeah. I would never do 17 again because at the end of the year I was beat yeah. and it took a lot out of me and I realized, okay, that's, that's kind of not the feeling I want to be at. Can I do a lot? Yes, I can. But what do I really want to be doing? 
and what do I really want to concentrate on and how, you know, because then my goal was to really always feel really good after a race and be able to go out and do things and not be beat to death. So, yes, that was all experimenting. So you did, then, you know, your second, I mean, it took me 15 years to get to bad water. Um, but you did it in your second year. I mean, granted, you were closer oh. and it was a little bit cheaper for you to get there and it took a lot for me to get a crew, et cetera, over there. But that's that's a phenomenally difficult race. You know, we both know how hard that is. Talk me through that first bad water, you know, through Death Valley. It's 217 kilometres for those who don't know this race. It's sort of the right. the unofficial world of our, worlds of our sport, if you like. And it's it's brutal. Goes from below sea level up to two and a half thousand meters on Mount Whitney. You've got uh, two big mountains to climb in the middle of it. It's absolutely brutal, isn't it, Molly? With temperatures up to fifty-seven it, degrees, it's it's horrendous. How did you find yeah. it? Well, first of all, before I okay, first of all, I had applied for Badwater early, and they they turned me down. And I went and did my ultras. So, well, then I applied for a Marathon de Saab. Yep. So I actually got into Marathon de Saab. Um, two months before Badwater. Oh, wow. So I did Marathon de Saab, which was really my first um, huge undertaking. Yeah. You know, two months before I had to show up at the Badwater start line. Well, that's insane. For doing those I know. So, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know. <this laughs> I, I forgot to tell you that. But anyway, so, so honestly, um, Okay, it just kind of, I was already signed up for Marathon de Saab, and I didn't, I had never done a stage race before, and I had never done anything at that, you know, so I'm on an airplane to go to, you know, Africa to do that one first, and then, you know, I, as you know, that's another super tough, super tough, yeah, crazy race, but, um, I got dysentery too, like the last two days of it. So yeah, yeah. I I finished that event, then got off the plane, and I'd lost like twenty pounds, and I have bad water in like six weeks. Oh my! And you had no twenty <laughs> pounds to lose, by the way. You know, and anybody listening to this, don't do that. <laughs> but you do yeah. know a bit silly, eh? When you find something that you love and you're passionate about. I mean, I did the same, the very same sort of thing. Um, right. Back to back to back. At a point where I thought I was invincible there for a while, and then yeah. I started to unravel. But you know, um, and marathon. And the opportunity, you know, the opportunity came up too, so and I didn't want to turn it down. Exactly. It was, it was like I got yeah. these opportunities, yeah. and like, do you do them? Go for it. And you know, how do you do them responsibly? You know, how do you do them so that you? I, I felt like I was trying to do them as responsible as, as possible. So I, at Badwater, I just had a really good crew. They knew I was coming off. Uh, event that you know i had it was kind of recoping and i my crew really got me through bad water yeah. i had bailey shirt and my daughter was my crew chief and i just had these awesome people that really um totally got me to that finish line you know just the support of the team you know how it is when oh, you yeah. have just yeah. people that you know i put their names all um i engraved them on the back of my bad water buckle because they deserve that that buckle just like i did what a, what a great I, idea actually yeah because you without your crew sometimes in these big races um for those listening who don't know like the marathon de Saab, for example is a multi-day stage race where you don't have a crew you don't have any outside support except water 
uh, and you have to carry everything on your back. So it's a complete opposite to Badwater where you're actually on a road, you have a crew, but you're in extreme, extreme heat and mountains and distance and it's nonstop. So it's a different, they're two different beasts. Um, and, you know, when you've got a fantastic crew, they can make or break your whole race, can't they, Molly? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I've seen, I've been out to Badwater just like you have, Lisa, so many times either. I've been either crewing a couple times and have seen people make or break it by their crew. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking to watch when the crew falls apart and they can't get their runner or whatever. There's just so many yes, um, dynamics. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to learn. I mean, this whole book's been written on crewing at Badwater. It's that complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what a great, I mean, what a honestly a, incredible adventure. And you've done it twice yourself. I mean, honestly, and you did it. You have, you had speed on that for, for me. So you were totally, uh, I was inspired by your story. And when I saw you out there, you were just kicking it. I was just desperate to get to the damn finish line. <laughs> So hot. Uh, I, and honestly, I have to tell you, I remember you at the awards ceremony because I said, oh, my gosh, she is so adorable. Look at her little skirt. She's wearing flip-flops. Her feet don't even look bad. I was the first time I met you. I was like, in awe. You were amazing. No, not at all. I was half dead. But I, I had, like you, I had a, a fantastic cruise both times. And they really you know, they got me there. And, and it was a, a wonderful time in my career when I was in that, you know, that what I thought was invincible stage where I could just do back-to-back-to-back races and, you know, come off okay. Um, You know, things unraveled in the years to come, but... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, things happen. Yeah, things happen, all right. But, you know, it it is one of those races that is life-changing, isn't it? It, Yes. When you make it it through something like that. Uh, You know what? I remember crossing that finish line and thinking... There is nothing I can't do. Yeah. And I too. don't mean that physically. I really mean it mentally. I believe that I could take on any challenge that comes my way because yeah. of that mental, what it takes to, to pound through that one. Uh, that was. And, and I, think that was, that's, I think that is the, the real gem that we take away from ultra marathon running. And it's something I harp on about. And I have a, you know, a mindset academy and that's what I and passionate about teaching now it's not so much the running we do that as well but it's right. it's more for me it's about giving people the tools the techniques the mindset the guts the grit the determination trying to teach that trying to bring that across and what that right. can actually bring you in life how that you yeah. can fight through difficult situations which come at you as you know we we will we all have them in life because life is can be brutal um, and you know what? I want to say, too, that a lot of people that I try to reach in my company, it's not about the distance either. It's about, hey, your first 5K, a 10K, or whatever, What getting out there. It, it doesn't have to be about a grueling ultra. It's like no. really anything that propels you forward as a human being, swimming, hiking, really, I mean – I just found that I couldn't find that on the sofa, you know, watching the no. Kardashians or whatever, you know what I mean? It, it, <laughs> <Good service. laughs> you know, it, it's really, it, it's just, it's so mind-boggling what, when you make your, not make your body, but when you propel your body forward, it's amazing what happens upstairs. Upstairs, yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, I think 
because and I can say this honestly, neither of us are elite athletes. We were not born genetically gifted. We don't have any, you know, speed particularly. We're not, we're no Killian Jornays or Scott Jurek's or Dean Canessis or we've just gone out there and put one foot in front of the other, not knowing what the hell we were doing. Um, and I think we were both lucky in a way that we came through an era of pioneers really in the sport. I mean, there had been some that had right. gone before us, but it was still very much the Wild West in the ultramarathoning world. I, I agree. I agree. And it, it's so, I love that message that we can deliver to people that, hey, we're average. This is a, I, I feel like I'm an average person. The fact that I just chose to do it, that's, you know, just something. I mean, I know not everybody would want to, but the other thing too is you're right. When I first started looking at ultra, I couldn't find any information on it. I was out there Winging it, yeah. just showing up races, kind of looking around, thinking, "Gee, I hope anybody, you know, thinks I'm in the right place." You know, I know it's like it's funny, and, that, and that's why, you know, I think the whole story is kind of hilarious, and I, I, I think our stories too help people. Maybe even people listening that, hey, take it at the next step because you'd be amazed at the outcome when you venture out there in that. Oh, it's totally. and I think it's it's so empowering because you know I think. You know, I often felt like, oh, who am I to teach anybody anything because I'm not an elite athlete per se. And then I thought, actually, I've got so much more to teach because 90% of other people are like me. They have struggles. They have obstacles. Exactly. They don't have the genetics yeah. for it. They, yeah. you know, and they've overcome a whole lot of stuff to get there. Um I look at the, the super talented athletes and I think, well, good on you, you know, fantastic, amazing, but you haven't struggled like 90% of the other people who struggle and you don't actually know what they go through. So I think we're uniquely qualified really to (laughs) perhaps not lead the elite of the elite to anything, but to motivate the the masses to do something um, and to believe in themselves and to, you know, I love empowering women. I love seeing women who haven't, maybe don't believe in themselves or they've been busy, they've got their careers, they've got kids, they've got husbands, they've got busy lives and they want to do something for themselves and they go, do you think I could do so-and-so? And And you go, bloody oath you can and here's the way and this is how you can do it, you know. And that's – when someone believes in somebody, it can be so powerful. Um, It is. It's it's just life-changing and I see it every day and I'm sure you do too with the people that – we just kind of encourage to get to the race, make a goal, go go find something that you. And then when they cr- cross that finish line, you know, it's an emotional moment when you. Oh, it is. We get to that and that that you know that higher thought process happens, and you have you know you have right. gifts that you'll take the rest of your life yeah. and that yeah. help you in every area of your life. I think everybody, that's it. Everybody says to you, why would you do it? There's no money. In fact, it costs a fortune and it's painful and it's horrible and it's, yeah, and it is all of that. There are moments where you just want to lie down and die. Uh, but we, but there's also times that it's more fun than anything I've ever done. There are moments. I, yes, there are the, the moments that you're doubting why the heck you're out there, but yep. seriously, when the moon is full and you're out there in the forest and the you're on your own and the, and you're just digging it and you have a moment where you're going, oh, my gosh, it's like a surreal, like that's what life is all about. That's what living is when yeah. you feel that your spirit like higher than the trees. I mean, that's those are moments 
or you can't get anywhere else. It's I don't called, know. It's called a, it's, have you been taking some drugs, some endorphins perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> Running, runners high, eh, they call it. That's true. But the endorphins only get you so far and then they come crashing they do. down like everything else. <laughs> yeah, everyone says to me, oh, do you get in the zone? I'm going, yeah, the zone comes in and the zone goes. <laughs> and you're yeah, still like running. <laughs> and you could be still bawling your eyes out, but your feet are still moving. <laughs> I know, I know. It's yeah. And the camaraderie of people out there too. Oh. That's you meet you meet real quality amazing people and i think that that's a a huge thing of it too now that's well look at us i mean we've been friends for years the connection we have with the wacky things we've done oh my gosh i mean and the stupid situations we've gotten ourselves into hey so let's let's move on to one of the other big stupid situations we both got ourselves into (laughs) which was running uh, la ultra the high which is a 222k race at altitude in the himalayas now you were the first mad woman to have a go at this you and bill (laughs) and Mark Cockburn. I thought it was going to sell out. What can I say? (laughs) You were going to like, yeah. And the first year it went slightly to custard. Talk talk us through this. This was a race that like hadn't been done before. There was this Indian guy, Rajat, who who decided he wanted to have this crazy 222k race over the two highest motorable passes in the world. The Indian army went and said, look, mate, this is impossible. People are going to die altitude sickness etc you can't go up that fast um, so there was a whole lot of reasons not to do this and so Molly and Bill her husband Bill and Mark Cockbane a really top ultra runner from England decide they'll turn up and have a crack so tell us talk us through that first year <laughs> well okay so what happened was I I got after I finished Badwater I got this email from Dr. Rajat Chauhan in India and he says hey Molly do you want to come and run my race in the Himalayas? And I immediately answer, sure. <laughs> Not knowing <laughs> what the altitude, what the trail was. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. And I said, hey, Bill, you want to go to the Himalayas and run this race? And Bill, of course, is always, yeah, sure. You know, count me in. <laughs> so then, then, I, honestly, at least <laughs> I did not know. That had never been attempted till I got to India. You're kidding me. I did not know. So Roger no. didn't tell well, you that. I thought he had been up and down the passes, but he hadn't been there either. So oh he, w- I knew that, you know, the um, the route we were taking had never been done. But I just thought, you know, it wasn't really, an, I mean, okay. He had had, he sent us the course map and said, hey, this is what I want to do. And it was up over um, Cardin Law yep. and back down the other thing. And so then <clears throat> I'm looking at it going, wow. But then he said, you know what, there's this other peak, you know, tangling line. I said, well, you might as well throw that in. I mean, <laughs> you're doing good. Why don't you just both of them? Famous last words, man. That was, that was brutal, that one. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, what the heck? I mean, if we're going to see and test human endurance, I, I felt safe with Rajat, too, the fact that he was a doctor and the fact that there was going to be a metal, medical team and the fact that, you know, we were all going to have teams with us and you just go as far as you can and I felt like, you know. Good in theory, but it's India. <laughs> yeah, until you get out there and realize, oh, my gosh, oh my this is like this the is not... last frontier of the world. <laughs> you know, every time, I'm sorry if I get a little hysterical laughing, but every time I think of think of it, I think about that time when, when you came out there and then we had the big windstorm. Oh, <laughs> the race hadn't even started. Yeah, and it was like. It was... The tornado up there <laughs> trying to get cover because the race was the next morning. It was like, it's a really brutal part of the world that, yeah. you know, the snow, the altitude, the, you know, it's a, 
It's quite Until you can go happen. there. Yeah. And it's, and it's uh, India, so nothing went to plan, you know. Um, and, and, I mean, I was lucky enough to have a crew that I bought with me, but some a couple of the other runners just got crew there uh, from right, the volunteers right. from Indian people. And nothing against them, but they had no idea what they were in for. Uh, right. And, and, that, and a crew that doesn't know what they're doing in an extremely brutal part of the world and where things go wrong that can lead to all sorts of drama so tell us what happened your first year when you okay so then the first year so then okay so then we just uh raj it said okay let's do cardin law and tangling law and have you know the 222 kilometers so we said okay so uh, it was me and and then raj had all these runners that were interested 20 of them all of them dropped except for me and uh, Bill and Mark and Rajat emailed me, said, you know what, the whole court, I mean, all these people have dropped. And I said, Rajat, you know what, if you're willing to do it, let's just do it. I don't care if it's just you and me. Let's just let's just see what happens. By then, I was just really so enthralled with the idea and with the attempt and just let's see what happens. Yep. That I just thought it was a grand idea, too, when, when we got over there and just sat down. And so, you know, we... We, the the first year, a lot of, I mean, I could take a long time and tell you, but there's a lot of things that happened that were really scary because we didn't know the culture and we didn't realize like the taxi drivers were, they only make money in two months out of the year driving up and down Cardoon Law. Yep. And so we had, we brought private vehicles. Rajat brought private vehicles with his, um, you know, his cousins and stuff driving the cars and they saw me this white chick in the car going up and down the mountain and the locals got really pissed off and we had a big confrontation with the army and the locals oh, wow. because they I thought didn't even new know people, yeah, it was bad. It was like, we thought we were going to get thrown in jail because <laughs> this is before the race. We're trying to get to the start line and the military came out with guns yep. and that people were trying to pull me out of the car. Oh my gosh. Because, because they thought that uh, Rajat's, cousins who were driving the car they thought that they were trying to take over the taxi driving yep yep and so uh, it was just a political like a nightmare so Raja got in we explained what was happening and then from then on we hired all the locals which we would have done anyway if we would have known but you know just stuff like that that was super scary I mean you're you're on the border of China and Pakistan you know almost being thrown into jail hey we're just trying to run a race you know (laughs) it was crazy stuff but So anyway, to you know, the race started, and it was just the three of us. And you know, that first, I'll never forget Cardoon Law, the very first time heading up there, and feeling like um, my veins are full of lead, and trying to push it just to mentally dig in and put one foot in front of the other. And that's the beginning of the race. You're starting at fourteen thousand feet. Yeah, um, that year, true. it's just horrific. Huh? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a crazy concept, and it was so f- crazy. I mean, honestly, we all made it over Cardin Law. Mark was in front. I was uh, behind Mark, and then I kept thinking Bill was going to catch me because Bill's a stronger runner than me. Yep. Didn't know Bill was having issues. <laughs> and then, like, uh, about 100 miles in, you know, uh, Bill, he had a um, – Actually, the doctor said it, you know, it just so happened at that race, but it was his gallbladder. He had a gallbladder problem, ended up in the hospital. I ran a, like, I was probably another, I don't know, 
100K ahead of him, and then Roger told me, hey, Bill's in the hospital. He's not doing too good. And, you know, at that point, it was like, good hospitals, hey? these are not People good hospitals. In fact, yeah, Bill, said he had a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Bill said he had a dream of a cow peeking through his hospital window, but it really wasn't a dream. Anyway, but, you know, um, so when Bill dropped, honestly, I, I dropped. My, uh, my heart wasn't in it. It when yeah, it gets yeah, uh, well, you to made the point it. where I was really yeah. worried. Yeah. Yeah, you're worried I about thought Mark fortunately made it as first guy to, to complete that race. It was so fascinating. But then but know, let's dead. qualify that. Mark is not your average human being. I mean, Mark ran through Death Valley, climbed Mount Whitney and ran back again. I mean, you know, yeah. Mark and I met Mark doing a 333K race across Niger. The man is a machine. So the right. fact that he'd made it Super really sporting. didn't mean that mortals could do it. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> it makes it feel better. But anyway, we were, you know, it was cool that he made it. And and then the fact that we, I was devastated not to be able to complete it. You know, yeah. it was just, it haunted me for a year. I went back home and said, I just have to go back and do it. And I, that's when I saw you the next year when you came and we had it was our group awesome. there that year. It was just, and I didn't want to see Tangling Law at all until I actually was Climbing it in the race because that's the whole part I missed that first year. So right, yeah, and I it was, was that, that was the part that really scared me was that second one because I knew I'd get up Cardonla. I didn't think it secretly in my heart I was really doubting that I was ever going to get up Tanglangla that second time at altitude that second time and a snowstorm. We had the snowstorm that year. Yeah, it was a crazy, crazy weather conditions. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was. And so it, it was so. it was amazing. We had um, six of us on the second year. Uh, four of us were women because I was like, uh, you know, because the first year only Mark had done it. I was like, ah, I'm going to be the first woman. I'm going to go and I'm going to be the first woman. And then I get over there and you're there, <laughs> and Sam's there, <laughs> and Sharon's there, and yeah. I just oh, you know. <laughs> Damn. Hey, your first Kiwi woman. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. To, yeah. to be honest, it didn't really matter at all. It was fantastic that um, it was four women and two guys, you know, and, it was, know. and we had a had a crack at it and we all um, – and the, but the, the scaremongering, I remember being absolutely terrified um, because the doctors, you know, were giving us lectures and, uh, it, you know, it was a dodgy area. I remember um, one of the guys that I brought from here was actually from the from India – and he knew a colonel in the army over there, so they smuggled us into the back of the army stuff, and they took us all around and showed us what really went went on up there. And it was it's a different, it's certainly a different uh, world, and it wasn't exactly the yes. safest place to be. But no, um, right. And it and it was fantastic that we that there were four women, and there was Ray Sanchez and uh, Jason Breeder as well, and. It was just a really good cohesive bunch. Well, remember Catherine Todd was there too, but yeah. she wasn't able to start the race. She yeah. had altitude problems, so she. I was yeah. sad she that was she wise. She was a talented. Yeah. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah, but she she was yeah. wise. She took one look at the place and went, "Nah, I'm out of here." <laughs> and <laughs> it, it was brutal. I mean, um, that was for me tougher than Death Valley. Was it for you? Um. Yeah. I have to say it was because of the altitude. Yeah, it was um, longer, right? It was like it was and longer, so and, and and I also think you're in a third world country, so there's n- there's no 
there's no niceties about even when you're stopping and trying to eat. And I mean, it's. I remember sleeping for a couple yeah. of hours um, at one point, you know, when we had that rest stop and I was sleeping in the toilet, you know, there was a, a shit lying next to me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's about it. It's yeah. <laughs> about how I, I feel too. I know. But yeah. you know what? Honestly, I, I do say, I do have to say that I do love India. I yeah. do love Himalayas and the people there were amazing. And, you know, that place, there's a magic about it. I mean, I know that it's, it, it, you know, the conditions were tough, but I was just drawn back like five times in a row to go there. I still miss it. I, I, I can't wait to go back. Not necessarily to do the race, but to do some of the other peaks. Um, I did a couple of the other peaks in the times I went back. Just, you know, I just think it's a just an incredible <laughs> punishment. No, I don't know. So we both, we both made it through that second year, and we didn't have the dramas. And Bill survived his uh, first year there, but he was pretty sick, wasn't he, Molly? With, say that one more time. So Bill was really sick the first year. Oh, yeah. Bill was really sick. And, yeah. He yeah. missed And he missed it in 2011 when I went back. He missed it. And so he went back and completed it 2012, which was really – he did really well. And he was really glad to come back and just, you know, oh, kick God. ass. Yeah. He really – yeah. Actually, let's talk a little bit about your husband, Bill, because he's quite a he's – he's well, he's not quite a man. He's an amazing man. Um. Bill is a is a scientist, but you tell us a little bit more about Bill. He's a molecular geneticist. Um, he's um, his whole life and career has been dedicated to um, advancing human uh, lifespan and health span. Um, he's an incredible ultra runner. He's done over a hundred hundred mile races. He's a grand slammer here in the United States. The toughest, I think, he did six of the toughest foot rate. I mean. 100 milers um, during the summer. I mean, he's really strong, super, super good runner. And, and, and he is till this day, he's just a really strong, he's been running for years. But, you know, it's interesting because he's also like one of the top scientists in the country with his, um, he was, uh, got the scientist of the year in the United States for his discoveries on telomeres and telomerase, which is the tips of our chromosomes. Yep. And it's, it's the clock by which we age. So you really need to get him on your show and just have him explain that. It's so fascinating. And, I can't wait. Yeah, and it's yeah. the real science about how we age. And so his company, Sierra Sciences, um, is dedicated to just finding, um, you know, finding the solution to keep us um, healthy longer. You know, so many of us, are, you know, yeah, as, as your telomeres get shorter. Yep. Yeah, you have, you know, more so problems. Is than, that your yeah. secret, Molly? Because you're like turning 60 this year. And I am you 60 this year. You look 30. Oh. So have you been in the lab with Bill? <laughs> <laughs> is that your secret? <laughs> you know what? I mean, I just really try to, I just really try to, to eat healthy. I'm like everybody else. I, I mean, just trying to make sure I'm doing the right things. I don't always, but I think I think I have a good gene pool. I mean, oh, you, you, Emily genetics yeah. kind of yeah. helps. I mean, but, uh, blonde, gorgeous. Yeah. I do listen to what Bill says. So when you get him on the show, have him 
give his give tips, tips for longevity. He's got some good ones. Give me some pills. <laughs> give me some pills. But... Yeah, he's got some good <laughs> No, yeah, but... I, I can't wait because, um, yeah, he is one of the world's leading, well, is the world's leading scientist in this area. Um, and uh, we are all waiting with bated breath for the breakthroughs that he is yeah. currently studying. There's some yeah exciting stuff going on. I'll, I'll wait and let him talk to you about it. Yeah, I can't wait stuff. to have him on. Um, so what's in the what's in the in the the cooking pot for Molly now right now? Uh, you've you've just come. You're like me. You've been injured. This yes, uh, and it, you know what? It's weird. I did this amazing race over the summer. It was the uh, Bigfoot. I did the cir- circumference of Mount St. Helens. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a forty mile. You know the Mount St. Helens. It was yeah. the volcano that yep. here. Yep. And they had this race that you know. It just sounded fascinating to me. I had my daughter Taylor Sheridan. We decided to do it together. And before the race, it was weird because my hip was acting kind of strange, like not pain. It wasn't having pain. It was just kind of pulling, like this weird pulling thing. Well, this race was a lot more challenging than I thought. Um, it was running over lava rocks that were like teetering. And it was we had to repel down canyons and pull ourselves up over can. I mean, it was crazy, crazy hard, okay? So... And Taylor was doing great. I mean, she's kicking my butt out there, and she's... She should be. She's, she's, yeah, she's my youngest. 25. <laughs> so anyway, at the end of the race, it was like, we finished it. I, I went, I decided to go to get my um, hip checked out, and my doctor, I have a really good, let me just tell you, this is a good doctor, and he said, you know what, um, you've torn your hip labrum, he said, and... Actually, he went in there to repair. I also had a stress fracture, and I think it was from that race. And I think when I was repelling down, um, I slipped and just – I wasn't expecting to have repelling in this race anyway. But honestly, I just had like a little mishap during the race, and I think that's what really did it. So I recently had it all repaired, and this guy was so good. He got stem cells um, in my bone and put it in the – where my hip tear was and the stress fracture – so coming out of it, he says, hey, you know what? You're totally repaired and you can do alters again, but you have to listen to what I'm saying for like the next six months, really no running. Yeah. And seriously, the last 11 years or whatever, running is my therapy. Running's my my meditation. Running is my solution to stress. And I just feel good even, you know, so for me, it was like a prison sentence yeah. that he said, you know, it's like. And I really, I, I got a journal, and I also read a really good book, and anybody out there who has an injury or a struggle, the, a great book is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Mm-hmm. It's called The Obstacle is the Way. It totally helped my thinking of looking at this not as a prison sentence, but as an opportunity. Yep. I know that sounds really weird, but... Oh, I need uh, that probably. Really, really, uh, this is a mind-blowing book. That It's not just, you know, hey, be happy and look on the bright side. You know what? You're not going to be happy and look on the bright side. That That's not what it's about, okay? I'll tell you right now, you know, it's not, it's not be happy. But, okay, you got it here. It's in your lap. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to get through this without freaking losing your mind, really? Yeah. You're and that, that book really helped me. But meanwhile... I, 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 back in the pool, you know, I can do pool. What, what I did at the very beginning of my career when I kind of, you know, was in that boat of uh, injury, what can I do and how, you know, floor exercises. Hey, it's not running. I'm not on the trails yet. But you know what? Uh, then I, I'm just taking whatever I can get and I am freaking appreciating it. Yeah. Seriously. 
And the other thing, I really have a new appreciation for people who do have injuries. It, oh, yeah. It's almost like, you know, having it yourself and going back to that place, it's like, I think it's really, you know, that's another thing I'm taking out of this is that, hey, you know what? Um, I want to be there for somebody else that has to go through this because I'm, the other thing, you know, I'm not through it yet, but it's when I finally started to look at it is what is this opportunity? I don't understand it. I don't know why it's happening to me right now. I thought I was going to turn 60 and break all those 60 records because, you know, I'm feeling so good and I'm so happy, but that wasn't in the plan this year. But then I got the opportunity to run Boston. It just ended up in my lap a couple weeks ago. I got invited to come and run Boston in April. So I went to the doctor and said, and I said, Hey, I got this opportunity. He goes, he just started laughing and he said, you know, you can do this because you know what? It gives you plenty of time, but I want you to listen to what I'm saying. And I don't want you on those trails yet. You're going to be in the pool and doing a lot of training that way before you yep. run. I'm not even a road runner, but I just think Boston's one of those oh. cool places that is an experience. Yeah. Go experience. And being an invite from Catherine Switzer, who's yeah. uh, trust that you're running for, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, 261 Fearless is their group, and it's an organization, a nonprofit organization. I'm raising money for them because they help a lot of people that are um, not fortunate enough to be able to even afford races or coaches and stuff. So it's a really, she's amazing what she did and what she stands for. Yeah. And Another person a, I need to get on the show, Catherine. Yes, Spencer. get her on the show. She's so amazing. She was so, yeah, so good things have come out of all this. And you know what? Um, I'm excited to look at new goals in 2018. There's a few things I'd like to be doing. And and at the age of 60, you're not feeling like you're slowing down or you want to, you know, do something else or anything like that. You're just still on this ultra marathon mission. I, I, I try to not look at it as a the, – the, I, I try not to look at it as an age issue, more as a, you know – Hey, maybe I don't recover as fast as I did maybe 10 years ago, but you know what? I'm holding my own. I, I can accept that. Yeah. I think I look at things, you know, sensibly, but there's a lot I want to, I think there's just a lot of adventures out there that I still want yeah, yeah. to bring. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and what a role model you are. I mean, you, you know. I do look up to you as a like an older sister and go, wow! I hope I'm, I hope I look like you when I get to your age. <laughs> Dark so version, obviously, but <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I hope Thank I'm you. still as You're fit sweet. as you and and doing all these crazy st- stuff. So still, um, and you know, I do think this this injury journey, like we've both been, I've been on a sickness journey, you've been on an injury journey. I, I do think it's part of, uh, you know, it's part and parcel of what we do. When you're pushing the limits, you're gonna have things break occasionally or you're going to have issues yep. Um, yep. and it is something that we you know we probably needed to, to learn and hopefully get through and and shine a light then for the next people that are coming through who are dealing with the same thing that's um, exactly what yeah I mean and just for me watching mum over the last two years and her rehabilitation from absolute zero um, yep. you know you start yep. to appreciate just little things like being able to put your own shoes on or uh, hey mom mom is a great example I love her so much honestly I follow her <laughs> I'm, I, I swear I, I stalk your mom she's <laughs> adorable and she's a really a powerhouse talk about learning from somebody who graciously attack that like Great is the word with with poise and yeah, dignity. And dignity and just took it on you know, honestly. You Absolutely. Know. Yep. She's really. 
she's uh, one to look up to, really. You know, okay, she's never run any hundred milers, but that's not the point. The point is, you know, to go from not being able to push a button to being able to drive a car and walk and do everything yeah, again absolutely. is. is is an amazing journey and to see that uh, and that's really what fires me too is to help other people with disabilities or uh, limiting belief systems um, and all that and that's why we do these podcasts isn't it I mean that's why exactly. I'm talking to you because you know I want to inspire yeah. other, other women out there in their you know 40s 50s 60s wherever you're at um, life isn't over just because you're, you know, when society tells us constantly that we're aging, that our value is going down as women because we're no longer meeting the attractiveness criteria or some crap uh, or <laughs> some career, you know, you've got to have uh, reached a certain level in your careers or whatever it is. There is alternative ways of looking at things and there is there are people still kicking ass. Yeah, at sixty and plus, you yep. know, um, and I think that that's a um, a fantastic message for for women and for it people is. anywhere. It's you know? motivating. Yeah, totally. I'm with you on that. And you've got two beautiful girls now who just got married this year, and are they both running? Oh yeah, um, both of them are ultra runners. Um, both of them are just adorable. <laughs> Taylor works with me full time. Wow. And Bailey works for with Patagonia and, and part-time over at Desert Sky Ventures. But, yeah, both of them are super healthy, happy. Actually, our whole family, you know, um, everybody. When you see you three together, you have to work, you know, try and work out who's the mum and who's the daughters, you know. Like <laughs> and Only from far away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're pretty, you're so pretty funny. amazing looking. Hey, look, Super. thanks, Molly, for your time today. It, it's been uh, wonderful just to catch up with you personally as a, as a friend, but also to share some valuable insights, I think, for the listeners out there. Um, if you uh, uh, wanted to you know, leave some parting advice to other women who may be wanting to start on a health journey or a fitness journey or a weight loss journey or just take on some big challenges in their life, what would be your top three pieces of advice? I'm just putting you on the spot there. I know we've covered a fair bit. But. You know what? Honestly, I think, well, if they're in New Zealand, they should contact you immediately because you are, I'm not, I'm not kidding. You have so much knowledge of all of the things that you need to stay healthy and happy in your life. And if there's, you know, if they're, if they're, Oh, thanks, I mean, emailing you, I mean, email somebody with questions. I think if you have a question or you're, or you're, you need to start somewhere, find a coach or trainer, find somebody that you can connect to that can bring you along, yeah. get with the group, um, find support, you know, over here in the States, we're entering into winter and it's, it's tough to get out there and you know, the snow's going to come in and weather's kind of wacky and I'm just like getting out there saying, okay, everybody, it's time to buddy up. Yep. So you have a pal out there to work with, and I think it makes it easier and better, you know. So to band together with people, get some mentors, get some coaches. Yeah. Get yep. in a group of people that can support you on your journey. Who will feed you positivity, not you can't do it. Yes, and get a goal. Have a goal, like you said. You know, I heard you talk the other day about, you know, goal setting. Yep. Under, number one, find something that is, you know, that you want to, that makes you excited. Or it scares you and put it on your calendar and, and work towards it. It's motivating. Yeah. And then find somebody that's going to support you and let everybody know, hey, this is what I'm doing. I mean, that's a huge motivator to, to, to reach something that maybe you haven't done before. 
And where can people find you, Molly? So, um, number one, you've got a book out called Running Past Midnight, which I highly recommend everybody read. Uh, where can people yeah. get the book and where can people find out about your races in the States? Because we have got listeners in the States as well as right. we wanting to go over. So, Okay, so you can find my book on Amazon.com or you can find it at my company, www.DesertSkyAdventures.com. You can reach me at Molly at DesertSkyAdventures.com. I'm happy to answer any questions or emails from, you know, fellow walkers, runners, or fellow health health nuts out there that have questions for me. I, you know, yep. whatever you guys need, I'm totally at your disposal, and you can find pretty oh, much wow. everything on our website too. That's pretty. That's a very generous offer, um, Molly, because I know you know you're a busy lady and you've got lots on. Um, Look, thank you so much for all your insights today. It's been absolutely fabulous having you on, and I can't wait to get your husband on here. So okay, we'll thank you, that. Lisa. We'll tee that, that again. Up. We'll have to tee that up pretty short. Oh yes, yes, yes. We'll get him on there. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> all righty, hang on. I'm, all right, I just uh, stopped the recording, Molly. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lisa. That was awesome. It's so fun to talk to you. Oh it's like- yeah, mate. It's awesome. I just can't wait to see you again. It's just been way too long because it just you know when you when you get chatting again, you just realise how much on the same wavelength we are. And <laughs> I know we need to get together or plan a trip or come out here or something. Honestly, yeah. be great. Have a, have a think about that Inca one the following year. Like I'm, you know, we're looking at going to do that again in 2019 as well. So. I know okay. it's only a trick, but they are. He is looking at making it into a run, not not a competitive run, but um, and, but doing the Galapagos and the Inca would be pretty. Oh, I would love it. That would yeah. be amazing. I'm sorry I missed this year. You'll have to tell me all about it. it sounds yeah, so. Yeah, I hope we get yeah get, get enough numbers and stuff to go. But um, it we will buy next year for sure. So let's um, great. That could be something, eh? Because that would be. Just a fun trip too, you know. Super fun. Yeah, yeah we've never done one of those. <laughs> yeah, we've always been killing ourselves. <laughs> That's right. All, All right, right take care. Hello to your family, yep. and I'll talk to you soon, I hope. Okay, lovey. Bye. Okay. You've been listening to Pushing the Limits, brought to you by Running Hot Coaching, your online health and fitness coaching platform. For more information, visit us at www.runninghotcoaching.com. Wanted to let you guys know about my new Mindset Academy. It's called The Path of an Athlete, and it's all about how to develop mental toughness, resilience, leadership skills, how to overcome those limiting beliefs, those self-doubts that we all have, and how you can achieve your dreams and fulfill your potential. So head on over to lisatamati.co.nz forward slash e-course to find out all about it and get involved.